I'm sorry I had to do that. Okay, guys. So first off, I renamed the podcast to be more relevant to what we actually discuss. So welcome to the Happy Habits podcast with me, your host, Conrad Stoik, where every week we discuss how making small, impactful changes to your daily routine can help you feel better. And this week, we have another awesome interview episode with Ben Fritz, who is a life coach that helps difference makers realize their potential, do purposeful work, and experience life fully. If you're enjoying the Happy Habits podcast, please subscribe. And I would be so grateful if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that others can discover the advice and ideas we discuss weekly. Follow me at Conrad Stoik on Instagram and head to antennamethod.com to get the free Happy Habits Principles ebook, which contains three Happy Habits restart plans to get you feeling better. All right, guys, enjoy. And side note, I recorded this interview before I renamed the podcast to be the Happy Habits Podcast, which is why I call it Antenna Method, the podcast. So yeah, that's it. All right, welcome to Antenna Method, the podcast, the podcast that's all about making small, impactful changes to your daily routine to feel better. With me today, I've got Ben Fritz. And first of all, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Conrad. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And we we connected through through Instagram and Ben's doing so much great stuff, kind of helping people find their purpose and, and move towards a better place in life. And I would love to hand it off to you just to talk about what you're doing right now and yeah, and how you got there. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh yeah, so I am a life coach, if I have to label myself. It's funny when we're, whenever I go into this, um, I just, I've always not enjoyed labeling myself. I've always kind mm-hmm. of rebelled against it. So I, I always say this with a little bit of like, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm a coach who helps people really get aligned with the life that they are meant to be living, the life mm-hmm. that they are deeply feel pulled to and to really help people realize their full potential. Um, Mm. it's, you know, cause that was me. That was my story. I've been able to do it for myself. And, uh, it's just something that is deeply, deeply meaningful to me. The, the thing that I believe first and foremost is that we all have something to offer. Mm. And so anything I can do to help people realize that and step into that, is is something that i am um just all game for yeah that that's awesome and i feel i feel like especially today more and more people feel like maybe an unease with where they're at in life and where they want to be and i'd love to hear about like what were how did you feel when you first recognized like you know i'm not where i want to be right now and i know i want something else Yeah. Yeah. So for me, uh, just to give a little bit of backstory first to, to get to that point, um, I was good in school. Mm -hmm. I, you know, kind of like did all the right things and, you know, so very quickly in my life, I realized how to be successful. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I saw the ground rules. I saw the things kind of laid out in front of me and I just got it. Like it just clicked and I was like, okay, I need to show up. And, um, and, you know, fortunately I, you know, I think part of it is being blessed with, uh, you know, nature. I I have a certain intelligence level and things like that, but also, you know, wonderful parents that raised me well. And, 
um, a lot of, uh, you know, privilege being in a middle-class white family, all those good things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was good in school, uh, good at sports and, I just quickly learned to love that. You know, I love the attention that came from all of Mm -hmm. that. It just felt really good to me. And so I just kept doing those things and I was a good kid too, you know, definite rule follower. Um, very, (laughs) um, just, you know, like to the point where didn't step over the line at all. Very rigid kind of stayed, stayed in the lines. Um, and you know, so I just wanted to do well, basically that was kind of like, do well and so in high school you know you start having the conversation of like oh what do you want to do you know and i i don't know like i didn't you know have anything specific uh i tested really well in math and science Mm -hmm. i was really good in those areas that came naturally to me my brain is very logical analytical Mm -hmm. so that black and white way of thinking came really easily to me and i did it well so just from there, it was like, you know, my guidance counselor was like, oh, yeah, you know, like going into engineering would be a good fit for you. It's, you know, yeah. very much suits your your strengths and uh, and, you know, the, the benefit of it's a, it's a big field. There's, you know, lots of potential for jobs and, you know, you've got a, a pretty high ceiling then in terms of income and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty much, I mean, I went with that kind of took that, ran with it uh, computer science seemed interesting to me. I was like, Oh, I like playing video games. It'd be super cool to like learn how to like program and create games. Uh, so I went to the university of Illinois and their computer science program and engineering school, which is like one of the top in the country. And, um, so did that got in, I was, you know, really, I was genuinely excited. I thought it was like super Mm -hmm. cool and was like really interested. It was really fun for me to be going to a big school, uh, away from home. I was kind of sheltered, um, just in that I, you know, my parents kept me on kind of a a short leash (laughs) in throughout high school. So I didn't get to like do all this crazy partying and stuff like Mm -hmm. that a lot of other kids were doing. And so for me to go to a big school, felt really exciting. So all this was was great. Um, quickly, I started getting my ass kicked by school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was really hard. School yeah. always came really easily to me, and uh, it was really, really difficult. And so I wasn't used to this. This was not something mm-hmm. that, you know, I kind of just like went to class, took tests, did well, you know, did my homework, and, and all was good. Uh, but now I had to go to school, and I had much more freedom and I didn't have study habits built up. I didn't, I couldn't just go to class and um, turn around and take a test. It took a lot more than that. So started developing issues with stress and anxiety through mm-hmm. like throughout my college career then where it was just like really intense. I didn't, you know, I was always prone to stress and anxiety when I was younger, but it never really caused an issue. Um, but during this, it started to build basically where mm-hmm. it was like, And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't have the tools for it. So I like went throughout my, my college career then and, you know, junior going into senior year, just like, I just have to finish. Like, I just like the, the, it was so intense. I felt like I was going to fail. Like there was no way I was going to make it out. 
Um, and I, again, I'd never felt that before. And so it was like all new territory to me and just the stress and anxiety was pretty intense at this point. Um, even got to the point, I always tell this to people because it's so different than who I am today and how I present mm-hmm. myself. Um, but I got to a point, I never took, um, meds or anything. I just didn't really, it didn't feel right for me. Yeah. And, uh, but I started drinking before my tests. Okay. Be- like I would take a couple shots before I would go I'd have like a rum and coke before I went into my tests because I would panic. Like I would uh, get to the test, I would flip through and my mind would go mm-hmm. blank and I would panic mm-hmm. and it would spiral quickly to like, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to get a degree. I'm not going to have a job, you know, just like very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, so this was like the thing that I did to, to calm yeah. my system going into tests, <laughs> not re- recommended by the way. Um, <laughs> So I graduated, yeah. got the degree and was like, okay, I, you know, I did it. I made it. That's we're, we're good now. And I got a job, uh, within a handful of months and, you know, I was super excited cause I just wanted, you know, the, the words that stuck in my head when I was in college and I was like pushing and just like, I, I just have to get out. I just have to get, you know, mm-hmm. get this job. I kept having the words big boy paycheck, like <laughs> in my, in my brain. And I just wanted that so badly. Like that was my driver. Yeah. And so I got my first job, um, as an IT consultant, um, for a small consulting company in Skokie, which is like a mm-hmm. suburb of Chicago. And it was for $52,000 a year. And, you know, at that age to be coming out of school, like that was huge, right? Like that's a massive amount of money. So it was like, I was like, this is it. I finally made it. Like, we're good. <laughs> um, so, again, it was kind of cool for a bit, right? I felt very grown up. I was going into the office. I was wearing my business casual. Uh, nice. I did a little bit of traveling for them. And so, in the moment, all this stuff was exciting, right? Because I like to for learn. Sure. I like to feel like I'm growing. And this very much felt like that. Um, and I was still living with my parents while I was doing this. So, I was getting to pocket that entire check, which nice. felt really nice as well. But then things changed a little bit. Uh, Really, when I had that moment, Conrad, was when I was in the one year, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the the meeting with my boss where I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. like, let's one year review. Like, let's see where you're at. Let's talk about everything. And... Yeah, I'm just like, you know, she had nothing but good things to say about me, praised me and you're doing great. You can, you know, your, your skills are great. Like you're working hard for us. This is like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. She goes, now I just want to like turn this over to you. Where do you see yourself going in the company? Like, what do you want to do next? What do you want to do going forward? And I just went blank and I was like, oh my God, I literally have nothing. I've got zero zero ambition, zero goals. Mm -hmm. I have no direction for where I want to go in the company here. And to me, that was like my red flag moment because for me, I've always been somebody who is always excited to grow, always looking towards the future, always trying to do better, be better. Mm -hmm. And so to have zero like goal or ambition or anything that I'm working towards was just like that moment where I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this is not good. So that was the moment where 
it just was like in my face and I couldn't avoid it. And I really just started asking myself a bunch of questions. I was like, what do I actually want? What am I actually doing? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be doing this forever. Like mm-hmm. this isn't me. Like, and so it just, it was that moment where everything just shifted for me. Yeah. And so really what it, because what you asked is like, what did that moment feel like? So that's like when it was, but what it felt like to me was just like sitting there in my cubicle being like, I just feel like I'm meant for more. I just feel like I know I'm not realizing my potential. I know I have so much more to offer. I have, you know, I'm like, I'm a good person. I can do good in the world. And me sitting here at this desk isn't really helping anybody. It's not enjoyable for me, but it's also not benefiting anybody else. And that was intense it it was intense to feel that and and on a very visceral level like Mm -hmm. in my body you know it wasn't just like a conceptual thing and that was the moment where i was just like i need to figure something else out i need to do something i'm not going to settle for this and so fortunately at the time uh i quit two years in to this job so I still hadn't moved out of my parents' house, so I was able to save a little bit of money up, uh, and I, you know, was able to fall back on them too to continue living with them. And what I decided on was I wanted to become a personal trainer because mm-hmm. I wanted to. What I essentially whittled it down to is like I want to help people. I yeah. want to feel like I'm doing something meaningful. And personal training, I was like super into fitness at the time, and so that was just kind of like a logical and just seemed like a really easy transition to be able to um, help people in that way. The interesting thing in hindsight was like I had never quite been nobody had like offered that as like a career choice as something mm-hmm. that you know it was like something people did for money, but it wasn't a career, yeah <laughs> and so that those were all things that were coming up for me as I, as I was going through this process. It was like oh, it's just interesting that nobody ever put this out there to me. But like at the time, I didn't care. I was like, I just want to do something that feels good to me and I'll figure the rest out later. Like yeah. the, the money, the, the long-term plan, I'll figure that out because I just don't want this. And I know that this is not right. So I will figure that out as I go. Yeah. So that was kind of the the moment. And I'll I'll take a breath here and let you say anything you want to say. Yeah. But that was that was the moment where everything kind of shifted for me. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing, Ben. I see so many parallels actually between between your story and, and mine in terms of I actually kind of had the math and science, um, the lean towards that. And I did I did electrical engineering and com- and computer engineering, which overlaps with computer science. And I got my ass kicked at school, too. So I, can, <laughs> uh, I love that. I didn't take shots before my tests. I took Adderall, which I I yeah, I it was prescribed and it was like one of those brief things that you just do because you're told to and I don't do that anymore. But I relate a lot to what you're saying. And, you know, I'd love to hear about kind of internally, like the steps you started to take within your own, like your inner dialogue when, when you, when you said, okay, like, I'm not going to, I don't see this particular career, this type of path working out for me. And, and you said, I want to do something else, like just to like stay sane, you know, as you're going through that, like, how do you, and I'm thinking more for people who might have this feeling and maybe they're, they're not wanting to take immediate action, but like, what are the things that you can start doing to just like evaluate yourself and ask yourself the important questions? 
Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's about getting honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And people might be like, oh, well, that, you know, that really, that's not that big of a deal. I'm like, it is because we're often not honest with ourselves because on a deep level, we know what's best for us or we know what we want or we know what we need, mm-hmm. but we're turning a blind eye to it because it is a more difficult road than the one we are on. So being really honest with yourself is first and foremost, you know, what do you want? Being able to ask yourself those questions, because if you ask those questions and you aren't being 100% honest and vulnerable with yourself, you're going to come up with answers that continue to keep you stuck or, or in the same place. So that would be the first thing. And then to, to go along with that would be to genuinely get curious and the re- so i love this by the way this is like a personal mantra of mine yeah. uh and like the way that i try to approach life is just genuinely getting curious about mm-hmm. why you're in the position that you're in how did you get here mm-hmm. what are the scenarios that led to this point what are the decisions you've made what are the things that other people have told you that have influenced where you are mm-hmm. Get really, really curious about how this happened. Like, like, wh- why are you where you are currently? Yeah, and that's going to be really helpful because you're going to be able to gather data on uh, essentially how to not end up in a place that you don't want to be in the future, and how mm-hmm. to start stripping these things away to be able to move towards something that you genuinely do want. So that would be my first um, first layer of it, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's like hard to ask yourself that question too, because the first thing, at least for me, the first thing I want to do when I start questioning things is talk to other people about it. And then you start to get feedback that doesn't align with what you're expecting or hoping for, or which is totally, I think normal because everyone has their own worldview and you're not going to get your worldview reflected back to you every time. But like, how did you, if you were getting, if you were talking to other or I guess I would ask, like, did you talk to other people about it? And like, how did you handle it if things were brought up that didn't align with how you felt? Yeah, I I really like that you brought this up because this is something that I always want to touch on when I tell this, this part of my story. And this is one of those things that I'm very grateful about who I am. Mm -hmm. I've always been, uh, a little headstrong and i say that you know chuckling because that can come off as quite stubborn yeah but how this benefited me in this situation and in my life as a whole is that when i know something is right for me you can't shake me from that And, and and like and so again at times you know this comes off as you know, extreme stubbornness and that doesn't always work for me, but in these situations it does because at the time I really didn't have anybody to lean on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, tell my friends and they were just kind of like, it didn't really get it. Like they got it, but they didn't in terms of like, well, you know, you've got this really good job. You just like spent all that time in school, especially, you know, given my history and being like, well, you you know, you were so stressed and anxious and like you, you worked Mm. so hard to get this thing. Like, and by the way, um, like many of you, I'm 
guessing, listening, I paid for school. Like I took out student loans. My parents didn't pay for it. And so, you know, I'm saddled with all these loans as well. Mm -hmm. The one benefit with this is that there was no guilting for my parents of like, well, we just paid for all your schooling because I know some people deal with that. And that's, that's a different variable. Um, But for me, it was just, it just kind of sucked because it was like, you know, I just paid 75 grand or whatever in student loans that I'm still paying back by the way. Um, to, to, to like to do this. And so my parents then too, who had always been really supportive of me throughout my life, I even got a little bit of pushback from them in terms of, and it wasn't extreme because I know a lot of people, people's parents are more pushy. My -hmm. parents weren't pushy, but I could just tell the general sense of like, what are you doing, dude? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you just went to school for four years. You just paid all this money. You spent all this time and energy and now you're going to like jump ship. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard because I'd always had my parents support, you know, full support for everything. And that was new for me. So that was probably the most difficult thing for me at the time. And like I said, I feel like my friends are more or less neutral. It was just like, they were kind of just like confused, but also weren't um, stopping me or anything. So for me, then the experience was, I know this is right for me and I just don't really care what anybody else says. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from somebody who, you know, definite people pleaser tendencies. Like, you know, that, was very much like people pleasing perfectionist like that defined who i was as a younger Mm. um individual so uh it was a big deal for me to do that but that was definitely hard and then the other to to kind of zoom out a little bit from my personal experience the one thing because you kind of alluded to this is i always caution people to pause for a minute before Mm going and seeking out advice or counsel or anything like that and and really sit with yourself again it goes back to the get honest about what you actually want and at least know that first and foremost it's not saying Mm -hmm. that you can't take in anybody else's um, feedback but you should know where you stand first and then when you are choosing to get advice counsel etc know your sources. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because for many people, I would say almost everybody has at least one person in their friends and family circle, their immediate circle who they would go to who is just not going to be there to help you in the way that you are looking for. Mm-hmm. The the truth of the matter is that the people close to us while yes they love us, They don't always know how to support us or have our best interests in mind. And that's not malevolent at all. It's simply Mm -hmm. because they have their interests in mind first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. if you are doing something that's going to shift their perspective or their relationship with you in any, any way, it's going to be a little bit triggering for them. And so the easiest example would be like, if I told somebody, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start personal training. Mm -hmm. And this person was, you know, their dream was to quit and start, you know, uh, an art business. Mm -hmm. They would respond poorly if they were terrified and couldn't get themselves to quit their job because Mm -hmm. they can't handle seeing somebody else do the thing that they really want to. So yeah, um, just a big, big part of the process for sure. Yeah. That's such 
a great perspective and such great advice. I think too, like the the whole piece of sitting with yourself is like, there's like a, a deep power to like just listening to your thoughts and like letting them run through you. And then you touched on, I love, I love what you were saying about your strength being stubborn. And it's like, it really is a virtue these days. Like having resolve, being headstrong, I think it's one of the most defining attributes of successful people is that they're, they're not like headstrong trying to piss people off, but they're headstrong because they, they foster this deep belief in themselves and in their intuition, which is um, just awesome, man. So yeah, thank you for sharing that with the listeners is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, unless you have a specific line of questioning here, I, I had a, a thing that I kind of came into my mind from that. Yeah. If, um, if you're open to yeah. it, let's do it. The, like you said, being able to essentially going deeper on the sitting with yourself thing. Uh, and you said being able to kind of just tune in and see what's mm -hmm. going on for you. The, the one way that I really like to describe this is what is the little voice inside you saying? Because we all have that yeah. and we all experience it in different ways. You know, I, I always am suggesting to people, to clients to, so getting still is number one. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're never, getting still, if you're just go, go, go doing something all the time, there's no space to yeah. be with yourself and know what you actually want. And so that's why a lot of people I end up working with are high achievers mm -hmm. and, and they get to a place where they hit 30 years old or, you know, 35 and they, they have a moment. It's like, I call it the oh shit moment. Yeah. It's like, they're able to see their lives and they're just like, what am I doing? You know, like very similar mm -hmm. to what I relayed. And a big, big piece of that is because you just kind of like I mentioned about myself, you just saw your goals and you hit them and you were just going and you're just on this treadmill of yeah. sprinting towards the next best thing and, and what success looks like, what you've built that up in your mind to be, what other people have told you that looks like. And you haven't created the space to be with yourself and what you actually want. And you, mm -hmm. it, it, for many people, you have to hit a wall of, of, you know, chronic stress, chronic anxiety, um, you know, potentially even depression for some people, just, just a feeling of being stuck and frustrated and overwhelmed, realizing that you don't know, you know, how you got where you are, you don't enjoy your life. And so creating space to be with yourself is number one. And that, by the way, feels really, really uncomfortable for people that yeah. are high achieving. And it's something that to this very day, I still struggle with uh, because we just find new ways to achieve, right? For Even sure. if I'm doing it in an aligned way, uh, it's still achieving. And so for anybody that uh, resonates with this kind of high achieving or anything that I just said in the past two minutes here, that would be my first like the biggest thing that I can give you is create space and, yes. and be with that discomfort. And then from there, it is being able to listen to that little voice because now you can tune in. Now you can mm -hmm. actually hear it. Now you aren't just listening to all the outside noise and what everybody else is telling you to do, what mm -hmm. society is telling you to do, what you're seeing other people do on social media, because then you're always trying to be or do something else. 
you have to create space in order to know what's right for you. And being able to listen is key. That That's the first step and you can only act um, if, if you do that. Yes. Yes. It's like 1000%. And I love that you brought that up and, and did a deeper dive into it because I'm, I too am an overachiever or perhaps a recovering overachiever, I would term it. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I didn't realize it till like late last year after I'd been working from home for a while and I just had too much time to, to sit still. Mm. And it just came up without me asking. It just came up. And then I started to reexamine all these things I was doing to fill the time, which is like feel productive reading and listening to podcasts, but 24 seven, you know, taking classes and leaving no time for stillness. And now I'm like working on it because it seems like it's something you need to develop the skill of sitting and not doing anything. Um, but yeah, like, so in terms of your coaching and, and what you're, you're doing now, um, maybe we can kind of flip over to that side of things. Like, how do you, do you have a particular approach that you take with, with clients when they come to you or any particular ways that you go about trying to figure out how to get to outcomes that they want or, yeah, I just love to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. So really a, the, the foundational piece is kind of what we've been talking about here mm-hmm. is because the it is generally the higher achieving type that's coming to me. Um, but the distinction here that I've found with who I help, uh, you know, who I want to help and who mm-hmm. also is like attracted to me is the high achiever, but somebody who feels deeply and Mm -hmm. and is connected to doing meaningful work, wanting to make an impact in the world, um, just wanting to feel really connected to their life. Mm -hmm. And I say that because there's a difference there. And the reason is the way that I kind of break it down is there's the, the achiever is part of it's a persona it becomes a part of us, but it's not our identity, but we, we build our lives around that essentially. Mm-hmm. And so the, the kind of the first part of my process is being able to get to know the self yeah. outside of the achiever. Cause really what happens is the, the achiever, that's how we know ourselves. And so the, the first part of the process is to really kind of dissociate and not to, we're not condemning the achiever part of us. We're not saying that that's bad. We're just creating space, right? I keep mm-hmm. saying this word, creating space. I'm intentionally doing that to like slam this home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but creating space between those things is really important because now you can start to get a feel for who you are without the persona, without these other pieces of you that you've so rooted into. And so that's really the process first. Uh, you know, a lot of people when they're like, Oh, like, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, I don't really quite understand what coaching is or how that helps. Mm-hmm. Like I help people be more of who they truly are. Mm-hmm. And so that's the space that we're creating at the beginning of working together. And kind of going back to what I said earlier and, you know, we wanted to talk on this today a little bit. Um, but I, I always say like, I'm, I'm here to help you discover your superpower. So we, we have to create that space first, be able to get still create space and, you know, 
because now we can work with you, the essence yeah. of you and not, yeah. not the persona. And then we deep dive, we deep dive yeah. and just try it. We get super curious. And again, here we go with the curious thing is mm-hmm. just get really curious about who you are, what you like, what matters to you, what are you interested in? And so I have a, uh, a superpower exercise, which um, if you're open to it, I'll give you to put the, I, I give it out as a freebie because I just think it's super yeah. important. And yeah. it's like the one thing that uh, if you really want to create a life that feels super aligned and have personal freedom, like this is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so you can check out the exercise, but it's basically really trying to follow the breadcrumb trail yeah. because inevitably, because this is who we are this is again our our essence we have shown traces of that throughout our lives Mm. and so i essentially guide people down that path and we try to walk down that path of where has that shown itself in your life before Mm. and and building this picture it's essentially like a re-piecing together of who you actually are instead Uh, of instead of um identifying so closely with this mask or this persona that we wear and again, that's not to condemn the persona, you know, it happened for a reason and, you know, it, it felt resonant or right at the time, Yeah. but we we're kind of like led off the path, so to speak. And so yeah. this is kind of a, I'm helping, you know, guide you back to the path. And, um, and then there's, then there's kind of, you know, work we do from there in terms of, okay, how do we actually create these changes in your life? What does this actually look like? Uh, in terms of, I'm a big fan of, um, I, I want to have my cake and eat it too, Conrad. Yeah, I love <laughs> so, it. so Me I'm too. a big fan of looking at the short-term stuff. How do we, how do we change things right here, right now? What are quick mm-hmm. wins that we can have? Mm-hmm. But then I'm also a huge fan of visioning and just being like, like, let's dream. Let's get like, let's have some fun with this. Where are we going in the future? And essentially the, the, the kind of like final part of the program, then at least in the initial stages with people is like um, trying to get really clear on what those things are, but then kind of building that bridge too. And then the, the bridge becomes kind of the, the work then. Um, but that's, that's kind of the high level of it. Yeah. That, I mean, that literally sounds life changing and I love the breadcrumbs metaphor. Um, yeah. It just, could you, I would love to hear more about that. Like, how do you spot those moments in your life that are the breadcrumbs of like, oh, that was just me being me? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those things that it's really getting clear on, you know, so like the the exercise is structured in such a way, you know, it's like a handful of questions and things that I've found that, uh can really point to those things but the mm-hmm. the overall idea is you know trying to be able to understand when you've felt most like you and mm-hmm. so a big part of this something i'm really really big about in my coaching is being able to know the difference in those feelings mm-hmm. so when you achieve something or when you're working towards something that feels good right like it's something that feels good it also feels really good to talk about something that you're passionate about for hours Mm -hmm. so ben like how do you distinguish between the two 
this again is where getting curious is really important because if you dig down, even though both of those things feel really good, mm-hmm. they feel good in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so getting really in tune with the sensations in your body is a yeah. big part of this. Uh, getting familiar with the underlying thoughts and emotions that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So to keep going with that example, when you are you know working hard to achieve something, a lot of times it's this energy of like, I have to, I should, I have to like push. And it's, it's kind of like a little bit more of a forceful thing. And you can still, you know, you start getting like that dopamine hit of like, Oh, like I'm, I'm working towards something I'm doing well, I'm going to achieve this thing. But then the, you know, talking about something that you love for hours that just flows, right? Like that's just easy. You feel at home in your body. You feel calm. You feel excited. Like, the energies are different, but they're subtly mm-hmm. different. So yeah. a big part of what I work through with people is getting very, very tuned into your experience. Again, thoughts, emotions, and sensations in the body and getting very, very familiar with what those are for you in different mm-hmm. scenarios. And how can you do that? Well, you can only do that if you're present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and being present takes creating a space and not being so just like on this train always running forwards yeah. um yeah. so that's that's a key part of it is being able to distinguish what your actual experiences are but then but yeah then it's a it's a handful of things right it's like what could you talk about for hours what are things that genuinely light you up what are causes mm-hmm. that you care about and you know deeply matter to you um you know what were you good at as a kid uh what things came naturally to you and and not skills right like a Mm -hmm. big thing that i'm about is like when we're talking about discovering your superpower like everything is skill-based these days right and everything like career-wise is skill-based like trash the skills (laughs) (laughs) skills are good but you have to like we are so focused on that and building a skill set and i'm like the thing that sets you apart and makes you different than other people and marketable in any sense of the word as a human being, as a business mm-hmm. owner, whatever is, is you is the unique energy that you bring to something. And so the more clear you can get on that. So shifting towards gifts and innate abilities mm-hmm. instead of, um, instead of just a pure, like seeing yourself as, uh, you know, like a a set of skills is is really really important yes yes it it is and it's like you described it so well in terms of at least from my because i think i'm starting to perceive in my own life looking back like what those subtle differences felt like and i guess would it be accurate to say that it's almost like you're more of in in a flow state when you're just embodying like your gifts like for me i love music and when i play my guitar it just happens and yeah but then i have my resume skills like i'm really good at managing projects and schedules and it feels good but it's not a flow state totally totally and and so i mean i'd be curious to know if you have any stories around it but you know there's the stories of oh yeah you know that feels really good but you know not I'm never going to make it big. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal or I'm not going to spend that much time playing or, and so we quickly, we're always comparing things to success Mm -hmm. and 
And if it's not something we can be successful at and, you know, money also is, is usually tied in with that conversation, then it's not worth doing. And yeah. again, this is where like the achiever mindset is really dangerous. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, again, I'm like, if you can align yourself with the things that really matter to you, having those achieving abilities is incredible because now you're yeah. like, you know, you're set to, to, to launch. Right. But if like, if you can't again, create that space to be like, this is something I'm going, I enjoy and I'm going to do it because it feels good. And it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I can get into a bit of a flow state with, um, we can just so easily write that off as something that's just not worth our time and energy. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. And I think tying it back to the whole notion of, of finding our superpower, which is what it seems like this is all leading towards. I, I want to ask like a big picture question, maybe a more um, massive scope question to wrap mm-hmm. up the interview. But, you know, what do you think we as humans are capable of? And I'm talking like next hundred years, like what are our superpowers? Like what are we, what's our actual potential as humans? Oh, I love this question. Um, and so I'm going to actually preface this by saying I used to tend towards being pessimistic mm-hmm. about humans <laughs> and, 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 and the direction of the human race. And there's plenty yeah. of things that I'm still uh, hurt my heart mm-hmm. about. But that said... I mean, our, our capability and, and I would tell every individual this as well, like as individuals and as a collective, the things that we are capable of are beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah, truly. I I truly believe that. But the, the things that need to happen in order to get to that place are are many right like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's lots of dominoes that need to fall in order to get there but i truly believe that those things start with conversations like this yep. getting connected to other people who who want to have this conversation and who want to look at that road ahead and are genuinely trying to understand themselves better and the relationships with other humans better and being a better version of themselves. And this is why I'm so passionate about discovering your superpower, because Mm -hmm. for me, I fully believe, and I understand that this isn't something that everybody else would necessarily believe, or I could convince people of in, you know, in five minutes, an hour, whatever. Um, But I believe so deeply to my core is that if we were all living in more alignment of what our superpower was, our unique gifts, our innate abilities in some way, I'm not saying all of us need to go be entrepreneurs and need to start businesses that are aligned with us. But if we were all just living more from a place of, what self-expression like true authentic self-expression i have no doubt in my mind that the world would be a better place and that humanity would be better off for that and so i guess kind of i'm bringing that back to i feel 
you know, I, I bring, and this is why I love you too. Like I bring a little bit of a lightness to my work. I don't like to think it's that serious. Like yeah. let's have fun. This is, you know, this human experience is crazy. It's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. let's have some fun with it. But at the same time, I also feel deeply responsible to the, the things that I have learned and experienced in my life. And the fact that I am in a place where I can use my, you know, my superpowers, the things that I am mm-hmm. good at to be able to help other people do this and get more aligned with this. That's my way of creating a ripple effect and, and hopefully um, moving humanity in the right direction in that way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think I said earlier, a thousand percent yes to what you said. And yeah, man, I just have so much respect for what you're doing and what you've been able to do already. And like you said, it's conversations like these that ignite the ripples across the rest of the planet in this globally connected world, which, uh, you know, are taking us on the path towards our wildest dreams. And I'm with you. Like, I, I don't think we even know what it like what will be in the future. It's so far out of what we could imagine within the constraints mm-hmm. of our current times that it's probably mind blowing, but yeah, we'll see. I think, I think too, I, I guess I'll use this as an opportunity to a, a kind of a, a call to responsibility or action from people that are resonating with this. You know, what mm-hmm. we're talking about here today is kind of back to what I said about myself and so I have a podcast called the world or why the world needs you. And, mm-hmm. and that's because I, I truly genuinely believe the world does need you. It needs mm-hmm. each and every one of us. And I know for so many people, there's, there's this feeling of, Oh, I'm only one person or, Oh, I can only do this much. And I used to be that way too, <laughs> but like the power of one is immense and, and it, it takes you being able to accept and embrace that responsibility. And so if you can't do it for yourself, do it for us, do mm-hmm. it, do it for everybody else that you can impact and you can impact us in some way. And so I would just encourage you to get curious about that, create space to get to know yourself and um, show up more as you, and we're all going to be better for it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Ben. It's been a great conversation. Um, I really, really enjoyed talking with you about, about all these really important things. And um, if anyone's interested in working with you or exploring um, what you're doing, where would they, where would be the best places to go? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, by the way, thanks for, you know, for setting this up and for, you know, giving me the space to have this conversation with you. It's been, been a pleasure. Love what you're doing. Like I said, I love the, um, the lightness that you bring to this space. I think it's, uh, a a space that can get heavy really quickly Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, be taken a little bit too seriously. And so, um, just want to say to you, keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. And it's, uh, it's going to keep unfolding for you and, you know, just like it is for me and anybody else. And so it's really exciting. And so just keep doing that. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, working with me, like I said, check out the the superpower exercise. I'll give that to Conrad here. Uh, yeah, just get curious about that for you. And then I am at benjamin.m.fritz on Instagram and my website is benfritzcoaching.com. So you can check those things out. And I just always like people to know, 
I'm here first and foremost for you to, to mm-hmm. connect as a human being. I'm not going to sell you on anything like that is not my jam. If you're interested in what I have to offer or you're curious, we will have a conversation. Uh, but first and foremost, I'm here to make a connection. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out if, um, if you're vibing. All right. Well, now at the, the action or what you do is in your hands, listeners. So the fate of the world is in your hands. That's right. <laughs> so, so go out and find, you know, find your, find your trail of breadcrumbs and see where it leads. I guess we can end on that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. And we're signing out. 